Welcome to Reconcile Radio. I'm your host, Kelby Sansom. Word essentially of this podcast comes from 2 Corinthians 5.20. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In today's segment, we shall be discussing on is on the assurance of salvation. And can you be sure that you're saved? How would you respond if I asked you right now? Are you saved? But you ought to be able to praise God and to say, Glory to God, I know that I am saved. Yet many Christians don't know they are saved. They go around with their shoulders all bent over, drooping, wondering, and worrying. They remind me of question marks with their uh, heads bent down. Rather an exclamation point standing straight and tall and saying, I know who I am believed. I say that again. Do you know whom you have believed or believed in? Rather than being shouting Christians, they're doubting Christians. Rather than having a no-so salvation, there is a hope-so salvation. Somebody once said, if you could have it and not know it, you could lose it. And not miss it. But the truth is, if you have salvation, you know it, and you have it, and know it, and you can never lose it. The Apostle John wrote an entire chapter chapter to assure God's people they are indeed God's people. And we can read in and in the Gospel of John talks about how to have about salvation, how to have salvation. And the book of First John teaches about how to have the assurance of, of knowing you have salvation. But it goes on saying first John chapter five verse thirteen. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of of the Son of God. The word know means absolute assurance. According to verse 13, it is possible to be saved and know it. The very fact that John wrote this verse shows that it is also possible to be saved and doubt it. Is doubt good though? No. Doubt is your spirit what pain is to your body. Pain is a warning, a signal that something is wrong. It does not mean you are dead. It just means that something is wrong. If you have doubts, you are truly a born-again child of God. You You are suffering from some spiritual sickness. But all Christians doubt from time to time. A woman once told D.L. Moody, or Dwight L. Moody, She had been saved for 25 years and never had a doubt. And maybe that's you. But then Dwight says, he said, I don't, I mean, I doubt you are saved. Because sometimes I think it requires us to, whenever we are examining ourselves, when we need to know if we are saved, it's okay to doubt. There's a healthy sense of it. But sometimes it can go overboard. But while we may all be bothered by an occasional doubt it is a problem that must and can be overcome john said he wrote chapter 5 to us as god's children 
so that we may know that we have been saved. The words know um, appear 38 times in the epistle on assurance. The next logical question is this. How can I know? I know not because I'm in my of any of my comments I have in myself, but by um, two infallible truths. The first one is the root of our belief. What is it we believe? Are Christians just gullible? Do we believe in fairy tales or is, is there a basis for our belief? And why do we believe what it is that we believe? So faith is the root of our belief, but faith is not walking on eggshells or on jello. It is the evidence and substance of our faith. In other words, our faith has evidence. There's a concrete and still evidence about our faith, and it is real. And God has given us some authentic, um, fine witnesses and testimonies that we might know we are saved and going to heaven. John says, these witnesses are, are the eternal work of the Savior, the eternal witness of the Spirit, and the external word of Scripture. And 1 John 5, 6 says, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. When the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, a soldier put a spear in his side and, and came forth blood and water. According to John 19.34, this is the eternal work of the Savior, that we are saved by blood and sanctified by water. In other words, the water, the washing of the Holy Spirit and of His Word as well. Think about this. In our tabernacle, the tabernacle of the Old Testament, picture of Christ. When you entered, you came first to the brazen altar upon which the blood sacrifices were made, Next was a laver of great basin in which the priests would wash. First the blood, then the water. The blood of Jesus Christ pays the price for our sins and sanctifies us with water that keeps us clean. Sound familiar? In the song and the hymn, Rock of Ages, we sing, Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side that floweth be on sin double cure, save from wrath, and make me pure. I know I'm saved because Jesus Christ, Son of God, died to purchase my salvation. This is a historical fact. This is the saving work of Christ. I also know I'm saved because of the eternal, I'm sorry, yeah, internal witness of the Spirit. Forgive me. It says in 1 John 5, 6, 8, It is the Spirit that bears witness because the Spirit is truth. There are three that bears record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one, and there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit of the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. But how do I know there was a man named Jesus Christ? How do I know he was the sinless Son of God? How do I know that God sent him? How do I know that he actually died on the cross and took my sin? Thank God I don't have to depend on somebody's argument. The Holy Spirit of God is here to make that real in our hearts. See, God gave us the work of Christ, but to make the work of Christ, the water and the blood, real to us, He gave us the Spirit. There is evidence for our faith, but also He gave us His Spirit to 
Tesfargar's spirit. So, if we receive the witness of men, which John says in 1 John 5, 9, the witness of God is greater. Or this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. The word if may also be translated since, since we believe that the witness of men, all of us believe the witness of men. So, when, for example, when you... Uh, when your doctor writes you a prescription, you look at it and, and although you can't read it, pronounce it, or understand it, you give it to the pharmacist who puts pills in a bottle. And without a second thought, you take them home and swallow them. Why? We receive the witness of men. In the same way, though, the faith that we receive the witness of God through the spirit that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead for our sanctification there is, therefore, no excuse for not believing. The Bible promises that the Holy Spirit will help anyone to believe who wants to believe. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit will help anyone to believe who wants to believe. Those who want to believe is the ones that the Holy Spirit is doing a work in. First, the Spirit witnessed to us. Then he witnesses in us. 1 John 5.10 says, He that believes in the Son of God has the witness of himself. Therefore I got saved. Before I got saved, I'm sorry. He witnessed to me. He told me what Christ did is true. Now he witnesses in me. And I have the witness in myself. The same for the believer if it is you are doubting or struggling with assurance of your salvation. But suppose I'm joining myself by eating a piece of pie an apple pie and you come to me and say there is no such thing as an apple pie i don't believe in apple pie and there is no apple pie it is no good well despite the arguments i have the witness within me i have the witness inside of me a christian's testimony is never at the mercy of an unbeliever with an argument because he has the witness in himself finally the external word of scripture assures me that I am saved. First John 5, 10-13 says, <clears throat> He that believes not God has made him a liar, because he believes not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, that God had given us eternal life. This life is in the Son. He that has the Son of God has life. He that has not the Son of God does not have life. The things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life. Here is the basis of our belief. Here is the reason for our certainty. We are not just gullible fools. Jesus Christ died. He came by water and blood. The Holy Spirit of God says, yes, this is true. It's all tested by the word of God. There is no way the enemy, even if you are battling a spiritual mind, your mind of the Holy Spirit mind uh, that is, you know, the enemy. He would not witness or testify these things are true. You can tell when God witnesses these things and testifies you things that are true, you know it speaks volumes. It speaks louder and true. But to doubt the Bible is to call God a liar. Some say, well, I'm trying to believe, but they have called God a liar. Plain and simple. Hear this the word? Is infallible, inerrant word, or it is not. It is or it isn't. Two sides. Never gray area. It's either black or white. 
Yes or no? And the work of Christ, the witness of the Spirit, and the Word of God all say it is. It is fact, a matter of record. My salvation does not hinge on my emotions. I have an official record. I have the Word of God. These things I have written unto you that they believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. 1 John 5, 13. He wrote these things so that me, you may know you have eternal life, Christian. You want to know what your spiritual birth certificate is? Very fair I say unto you, he that hears my words and believes on him, the same sent him as everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Which is uh, John chapter 5, verse 24. So now, we talked about the fruits of our, um, our root of our um, belief. Now we talk about the fruit of our behavior. We need only look at the fruit of our behavior to know whether or not we are truly saved. What has Jesus done in me? Questioning yourself, if I were to ask you that question, what has Jesus done in me? Is this all just some intellectual exercise? Or has there been a change? The Apostle John is very practical here. He shows us how our salvation ought to show up in our behavior. And he gives three tests. The first one is the commandment test. That's 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 through 6. And hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But who keeps the word is him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we know that we are in him. He that, that abides in him, him also to walk, even as he walks. I wonder if John had been in a tes- testimony meeting where somebody was bragging about him being saved. Bragging about themselves being saved. Saying he was, but his, but his walk and his talk did not get together or didn't combine intertwined if you say you're saved it is absolutely going to show up in your life you are going to be keeping the commandments of god you do not keep the commandments of god in order to be saved you keep the commandments of god because you are saved because you want to do what is righteous and holy in god's sight where you've been transformed and regenerated by the holy spirit this presents as a serious problem, though, because not one of us has always kept all of God's commandments. I haven't since I've been saved. Shocking. Maybe you don't know me, <laughs> and you haven't since you haven't since you've been saved, either. Yet the Bible says that we know we are in Him, and that we keep His commandments. But the problem and solution are found in the word "keep." It is actually. A word that the Apostles' Day, sailors navigated by the stars. A sailor setting his course by the stars was said to be keeping the stars. In other words, it was an intention to sail by the stars. To keep God's commandments, then, means to use the word of God as the guide for our lives. It is the desire of every child of God to live by his word. While we may Blow off course, just be distracted or be confused. The goal of our lives is to keep his commandments of God. It means to keep there can be a continuous thing. 
Not just, it's not perfection. Otherwise, if it meant perfection, then what's the point of our sanctification? Why don't God just justify us and then lead us on to glorification and not have no sanctification? He knows we screw up. He knows we stumble and fall. But we also know we keep doing it because we desire to keep doing the will of God, even in this simple, broken world. The commandment test says, if you can willingly and knowingly sin against the will of God with no conviction, no um, remorse, you need to be saved. A lot of people say, well, I walked down an aisle somewhere and I got saved. I know I'm just an old backslider now, but I'm still saved and going to heaven. There are a lot of people out there like that today. No, you're not. If you are living that way towards sin and it does not break your heart, then you do not know the God of the Bible. You ever prayed to God, break my heart for what breaks yours? Have God break your heart for whatever breaks his heart. And one of the things like Paul Washington always says is that um, when it comes to our sanctification and being a Christian is, are you loving uh, the righteousness you once hated and hating the, the sin you once loved? So, so, the next part is on the compassion test. Know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brother, according to John, 1 John 3.14. When I am saved, I want to be right with my father, and I want to be right with my brother. There are some who would say, well, I'm saved, but I have no use for the church. But the Bible says we love Jesus we are going to love what Jesus loves, and Jesus loves the church. Now, going to church will not make you a Christian any more than going to the garage will make you an automobile. An automobile. An automobile. Sorry. But when you realize that you have been brought by the Holy Spirit, you've been bought by the blood of Christ. When the Spirit of God comes unto you, you receive a new nature, and you are going to keep His commandments and love the brother. So the last one is the commitment test. The greatest and strongest test is the commitment test. All of the others grow out. But it says in First uh, John 5, chapter uh, 5, verses 10 and 13, says, He that believes in the Son of God as a witness of himself. These things I have written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God. In the Bible, the words believe and commit are the same word concerning Jesus. It says, many believe in his name when they saw the miracles which he did, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. According to John chapter 2, verses 23 through 24. They said they believed in him, but he did not believe in them. Why? Because he knew they were just after the blessings. They were not after God. They did not desire God. That's another thing. When you come to Christianity and you expect to have the blessings of God more than God himself, then you are self-deceiving. You are deceiving yourself. Because you come to Christianity to get God. That is what it's about. He knew that they were not true believers. Biblical faith is not just an intellectual exercise. You do not believe about Jesus. You believe in Jesus. You commit yourself to Jesus. It's like getting on an airplane. Whenever you go on an airplane, you you trust 
that whenever you get to your um, destination to West from West Virginia to Florida, you are um, you are committing your trust that you will get there safely. Same thing with God. We must put our faith and trust in him that while we're here, he will lead us to our next destination, which is heaven. But notice it doesn't say he who has, who, he who has believed. It says he who believes is always present tense. Have you ever asked someone, are you saved? They say, yes, I am saved. I remember walking down an aisle when I was nine years old, giving my hand to my pastor and my heart to Jesus Christ. Now, I may not be living for God right now, I'll admit it, but I know I'm saved because I remember what I did when I was nine years old. I remember believing on Jesus Christ. But there's the thing, though. The Bible never uses such an experience as proof of salvation. It never points back to some time when you believed on Jesus Christ. I even hear people say, you cannot show me the place at the moment when you receive Jesus Christ. You are not saved, which is kind of ludicrous when I think people try to give testimonies. Not that giving your testimony is wrong. It doesn't give you uh, some um, other Christian initiative that, oh, you are a Christian. No, that's not how you also uh, tell others how you show um, discernment if they are a Christian as well. Just a side point there. But here's the thing. As I said, you may hear people say, you cannot show me the picture, show me the moment, so forth. But this is not biblical. The Bible never says you know when or if you are saved by something you remember in the past, it says, it says, he that believes. I'm not saying there is no a time when you receive Christ. There was a day, absolutely. There is not, the, but that's not the test. The test is, do you believe in Jesus Christ now? Are you trusting in him today? Is there evidence in your life today that you are the offspring of a living God? That is the proof of your salvation. Are you continuously by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit that's in you. Put, are you putting your faith in Christ every day? Practicing repentance every day? Remembering to mind yourself, you need to put your faith in Christ for um, you're ultimately, you're now until your end. Do you trust in Christ? Is the Holy Spirit evident in you? Are you saved by these things that I've said? And was a contrary to Scripture? Not by my words, but what is according to Scripture, God's absolute authoritative word that is God breathed from himself. I'll finish what I started with. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God makes appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is Kelly Saints, Reconcile Radio, signing off.